You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 256. In this episode, I'm talking about how to learn from your launch and do it better next time. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Whether your launch was what you hoped for or not, you need to learn from it and decide what to do differently next time. Our memory as entrepreneurs is actually quite bad, and therefore it is crucial to review your launch as quickly as possible, or ideally within seven days of the actual launch. In this episode, I walk you through how to review your launch, learn from it, and do it better next time. Talking about launching, make sure you get on the waitlist for Samba, where you really learn how to launch. Go to sim.com forward slash 256 to join the waitlist. I had already launched several times before I realized that I needed to review my launches. It sounds quite logical when you think of it, that you look at everything that worked well and everything that didn't work out so well so that you actually can improve it next time. But most people don't do it and I am one of the guilty ones I also didn't do it in the beginning. But since January 2017, I have reviewed all my launches, big and small. And every time I make some amazing insights that I would not have known about when I launch a few months later. And the problem is, if you don't review your launches and learn from them, you keep on making the same mistakes again and again and again. And there's nothing smart about making mistakes again. It's okay to make mistakes and actually sometimes it's good to make mistakes because we learn from them. But we only learn from them if we take the time to review our launches, write down what worked and what didn't work. And then when we do the next launch, we go to our launch review read it through one more time to juggle our memory, and then we prepare the next launch with an improved strategy. In this episode, I am going to walk you through exactly the steps and the things that I review in my launches so that you can do it too. So when you are on the road, maybe walking or running, listening to this episode, you might want to review it again when you come at your desk and you can open up a Google Doc and work along with me on this special episode. So first, I want you to think about the launch summary. This is kind of the high view, like the overview of how your launch went in numbers. Obviously, how much revenue did you make? That's the first question. So let's say 
uh, just picking up a recent launch here. Let's say I made $475,000. So that is the first thing I write down. That's a high level review. Then I look at how many spots did I sell? Okay, we sold 167 spots. Then I look at the launch list size, 5,281. What I put behind all these numbers, sales, customers, and launch list size, is the increase or decline in percentages after the recent launch. So when you launch multiple times, you look at how much you're growing from the last launch. So you have it immediately in front of you, plus 5%, minus 23%, plus 22%, whatever it is. Then comes a very important number. This is probably the most important number in your launch. It is earnings per lead, EPL. And it stands for how much revenue did you make from each lead? So from each sign up to your challenge, to your webinar, to your three-part series, whatever launch strategy you used, how much money did you make? Now the goal is eventually to increase this number. I was just reviewing a launch on a call with a client recently in a mastermind group and her EPL was for instance, 36 euro. And I told her, that based on her high conversion rate, she could increase this number easily in the next launch by increasing the price of her program. So how do you increase the EPL? It is making more, your launch is more effective. Increasing the price is one thing, but also can you get cheaper leads? What is it that you can do so that your earning per lead is higher? I also look at earning per lead generally in my business. I look at the overall revenue for a whole year and I look at the number of email addresses I have on my list and divide this number. So revenue divided by email addresses and then I get to a number. If that number is something like $100, you are in good hands because it means that for every email address that signs up for your email list, that you are making $100. So in our launch in January 2018, I think if I remember correctly, I don't have it in front of me, but I could look it up because I have the launch review, obviously. I think our earnings per lead were $108. That is very good. If you're selling a low price product, you cannot expect so high numbers. This only is when you have a program in the range of two or $3,000 or even higher ticket items like that, that you can look at having higher EPL. If you have automated funnels, your earnings per lead is going to be a lot lower. We're here looking at a launch review and not at an automated funnel. That's totally different numbers. So we have sales, we have customers, we have the launch list size. Now, this is important discussion that always comes up in many of my group coaching and inside Samba launch list. What is that? Is that my whole email list? No, it is not. I urge you to have a very clean launch list when you launch. So let's say you have an email list of thousand and you invite your old people on your email to a challenge and let's say 250 of your email list sign up for the challenge. 
and then you run some ads and you get another 250 from ads. So together, your launch list is 500 people. It is not the total email list. I know if you're more advanced in business, this is kind of obvious to you, but for a lot of people who have even been one or two years in online business, they haven't looked at the launch list separate to their email list. When we talk about conversion rates from launches, we are not talking about how many people from your email list bought. We're talking about how many people from your launch list bought. And we cannot be comparing, you know, what you call apples and oranges if one person uses the email list and another person uses a launch list. A launch list is much more likely to buy. An email list, conversion rates are going to be a lot lower, especially if you haven't cleaned your list for a long time. People have been there on there for years. They're not so interested in your product. And that's why you need to invite them to a challenge, to a webinar, to a three-part video series, whatever launch strategy you use. And from there, you have your launch list. Now, are you allowed to send a few more emails to your email list uh, during your launch? Absolutely. But every time you do so, you have to track and tag the people who click to your sales page and add them to your launch list. So overall, please make sure you have a clean launch list so that in your launch summary that you're looking at the launch list size and not on your total email list size. After you have calculated the earnings per lead, which is revenue divided by leads, by the number of email addresses that signed up for your list, we look at conversions. Conversions is how many spots you sold divided by the launch list. So in a recent review I did with one of my clients and inside a mastermind group, her conversion rates was 18.33%. That is very high, which indicates for me, and we'll come to this later in the review, that her price is low. When you have very high conversion rates, it means that you can increase your price. Typical conversion rates are something more like 3%. In our recent launch, we had 3.16%. In our launch in January 2018, we had 5%. We're talking about a launch list of four to 5,000 people and selling a $2,000 or $3,000 product. And that's pretty good, being on the range between 3 and 5%. And I typically calculate when I'm making an estimate, uh, making a rough budget into the future with 3% to be on the safe side. When you're selling a low-priced product, your conversion rates can be higher. But 18%, that is so high that it means that this person can immediately go and increase their prices. This is the overview of your launch, sales, customer, launch list, EPL, and conversion rate. Then you break down your offer. What did you actually offer and at what price? And was there maybe a payment plan or an upfront offer? So when we are doing something that has like a full pay, nine pay, did you also offer maybe alumni offer? Did you have a waitlist offer? Do you have a super early bird, an early bird and regular pies? All of these you list down because next time you launch, you want to look at this list and say, do I want to simplify this? Do I want to do this a little bit differently? And what worked well? So for instance, if you look at full pay versus payment plan, in the past, we had, for instance, with Samba, a very high rate of upfront payment. 
Now this can also indicate that your price can increase if it's very easy for people to pay up front. Now with a lower price product, that's kind of obvious, but when it goes to the higher range, I would expect a more like a 50-50. So we had more like 80-20 and that was good because we were planning to increase the price because the value of our signature program is so high. So now in this recent launch, it was more like 50-50, which is exactly the goal we had. So full pay versus payment plan. We also had a alumni offer and we sold a few mastermind spots as well. And you put all of this in. If you're making sales that were offered on the sales page, you put them all together into this review, into your offer breakdown. Also, if you did a downsell after your launch, you note down that too. What did you sell? What price? How many spots sold? And what percentage of revenue are all these different offerings? So if you look at your list, I just have one list in front of me, and I see that 1% of revenue is this, and another 1% is that. I'm saying, it is not worth my time and effort, and also in terms of marketing, to promote offers that are just 1% of my revenue. So that is obvious just looking at the numbers that it's not maybe smart to have those offers available. Now, this could be a payment plan, this could be a downsell, this could be the additional offer that we had available on the sales page. When I see 40%, 30%, even 15%, I say, well, that was actually a good offer. It resonated with people, it worked. I will repeat that offer again. Then we come into affiliates. If you're working with affiliates, you wanna see what is the percentage that they contributed to your launch. Was it 40%, 50%, 60%, To my surprise, doing affiliate launches now several times, the range has been anywhere between 50 and 70%. And actually in our highest converting launch, it actually was on the higher range. Now, it may sound weird, 70%. Do you really need affiliates, you know? Or are they doing all the work for you? But actually, if you are in a market where everybody's recommending everybody, it might be that some of the sales that the affiliates got credited that you could have done without them. But you have to look affiliate marketing, and that's a whole other topic and a whole other episode, on as a partnership. Even if some sales get contributed to affiliate that you could have done on your own, in the big scheme of thing for the partnership, for the long term, it is better to have them have a few more sales that you are not getting yourself. As I said, affiliate marketing is a completely different topic and not the what I want to talk about on this episode. But basically, in the launch review, you have to list the percentage of affiliate sales, uh, what are you paying out total in commissions, and what are you then keeping for yourself net and just have those numbers clear to you so that you know, is this paying off? Is the work? Because working with affiliates is almost like having a second launch on the site when you do it properly. And you should do it properly, otherwise you should leave it. But if the contribution of affiliates is very low, it is for you to consider, was it worth your time? Should you maybe skip it next time? Or do you need to train them better so that they can do a better job next time? So all of these numbers we are writing down in the launch review are going to be put into words afterwards. We're coming to that very soon. Next is the sales timeline. You want to look at 
when you open cart, what happened during open cart and close cart. Now we're still looking at numbers. So you want to look at how many spots and how much revenue did you make every day during open cart. Now, if you have seven day open cart like me, we actually summarize the period between open cart day and the close cart day and look at those three numbers. And then we have something that we say is post close day. Now we are very strict on closing cart exactly on the time that we say it will close. But what can happen is someone has the order form open during overnight and suddenly a sale comes in the morning and we cannot stop that. And we don't, you know, we don't tell the person, oh, you can't buy because we close cart. No, they kind of sneaked in, but we take a note of that. And then we just have that in our view. So we have open cart day during the open cart, like the in-between close cart and post close. And we say how much percentage. So for instance, we have on close cart day, anywhere between 35 and 45% of our sales. And this is not unusual. When I look at other people's launches, one third, it's pretty normal. And if you have been pushing very hard, like somehow your open cart wasn't good and then you did extra webinars or something you did to twist and tweak your launch during the open cart period, you might even have a close rate of 50% on the last day. So a launch is never finished until it's finished. That's the important point. And by noting this down, how well you did during open cart, during close cart and in between, you start to see what you can do differently. So we're not there yet. We're still just noting down numbers. And then I want to suggest something that I don't have in my launch review, but I have in a separate document. We have an Excel sheet with all the sales. And for now, we actually do it manually. Even if we have Infusionsoft and we have Graphly and we have other fancy tool, it is difficult to track the total revenue and the affiliates and all of that. So we actually do that manually in a Google sheet to make sure that everything is correctly. Now we then maybe manually go into our system and change some tags to make sure that everything's correct. For instance, if you have a payment plan and people pay you just the first payment, you want to note down in your Google sheet, what is the total amount that will be paid assuming, and of course that should work out that they make all the payments because your system might not give you that information right away. So having a sales tracker uh, is something that we watch every day and even hourly, especially when it comes to close card day, how we are doing. And I have found this just manually in Google Sheet to be the best way to do this. Even if we have all the fancy tools, they just don't give you me the information that I need. The next thing you want to look at is Facebook ads. You can actually pull out of the ad manager, uh, Excel file with all the ads from your campaign. So maybe you had a campaign to warm up your audience with video views. Then you had a campaign for conversions, uh, retargeting and things like that. And you can just pull this out and then you can look at amount spent, reach impressions and cost per results. And it's really smart to copy the essence of that Excel file into your Google doc and have it there instead of having it a separate document. And if you've been smart at naming all your ads, 
you understand exactly what they do without going into the ad manager. Facebook ads. You note down the total ad spent and percentage. Are you spending more or less the next last time? Then what is the total number of leads that you got through ads? What is the cost per lead according to the ad manager or summarized? So for instance, we had a warm up for a period of time before we went into the official launch. And in the review, my team and I decided to put all the costs that we spent from July until end of close card in September together because we said, well, we were warming up. It was our runway for our launch. So our cost per conversion is in our review higher than the ad manager which reported to us. But it makes sense to take your total ad spent also in the warm up phase and divide it by the leads that you got and see what was your conversion cost instead of saying conversion cost was, you know, $5 when it maybe actually was 10. So that was the Facebook ad section. I know if you're walking around and driving your car, this is a little bit more difficult episode to follow along. So I highly recommend that you come to your desk and fill this out in a Google sheet in front of you. Then you look at your emails, total email sent. Uh, so let's say your whole launch was in our launch. It's more like, I don't know, 30, 35. We're talking about invitation to a webinar, for instance, reminders to webinars. If there's an Encore webinar, also reminders. So every email gets a number and then we see, well, in total, we sent, let's say 35. We look at open rates, click rates. Now, first we look at all the averages and see, are they better than last time or worse? And then we look at what were our best emails? What was the best open rate? What was the best click rate? Or what was the worst open rate, the worst click rate? And we make sure we do not include those emails or change the subject line to make it more exciting. Also, how many unsubscribes did we have? And can we contribute these unsubscribe to a particular email? What was the email with the most unsubscribes? Now, for some of you listening, thinking like, oh, this is so much work. I don't want to do this. It is absolutely worth your time. Yes, it will take you a few hours but it's going to get easier every time. You can just pull out the sheet from your last launch, plunk in the numbers and quickly get a good picture of what actually worked. As I was doing this actually yesterday with a participant in a mastermind group, she had given us all the information. And then just by doing the review together, we realized a major things you could change. Some things he had not done and we realized was resulted in a lot of things not working so well in her launch just because of this one thing. And that is a game changer for our next launch because we made that insight. So if you have a chance to do this with a buddy, if you don't have a team, I highly recommend that. If you have a team, then your team should be able to do this with you. So then it comes to the part of maybe if you have many chat. So we use ManyChat our launches. So anything you kind of have extra, anything with numbers, uh, how are the signups for ManyChat? How many percentage of signups? What messages did you send out? Uh, how did that work? We also do like a word cloud to see uh, from our survey. So we send out a survey the day after the launch. 
And that is with SurveyMonkey or Typeform. I think it's SurveyMonkey actually. And we take the words, the answers from people when we ask them why they didn't buy and put them in a word cloud. And it's interesting because I'm looking at this and right in front of me and most of them are saying next time. They're not saying too expensive or don't have time. Yes, several people say that. Most are saying next time. Join next time are the biggest words in the word cloud. And I think that's amazing. That's a very positive thing. It means just not now, but next time. Then you make sure you have your launch strategy. Now your launch strategy should have been in some other document. It is good to add it here. Just make copy paste from your launch document. So note down, what did you do? Did you do a webinar launch? Did you do a five-day challenge? Did you do a three-part video series? What did you do to warm up your audience? Did you run some ads with blog posts? Did you do some Facebook lives? What did you do in your launch strategy? Then you look at what went well. Best launch ever, strong clients, uh, very well prepared. What could have didn't be better? Uh, we had, for instance, a problem with our Facebook ad cap. So Facebook had an invisible limit we didn't know about. So that was not good. That affected our launch. So what could be approved? Check out with Facebook how we can increase the ad limit. We have already done it. So everything's good for the next launch. Uh, but still note that down because you will forget it next time. So I am switching and looking here at uh, the review we did last yesterday with one of my clients. And after we had noted down the launch strategy, what went well and what could have done, uh, could have gone better. We made a list of things, what she was going to go differently next time. So we had the insights of what she could do and then say, okay, we're going to have a different sign up process, send emails every day during a challenge, for instance, get better at Facebook ads, increase the EPL by increasing the price and things like that. And now this is a few pages document. Uh, this woman can go to this launch review three months from now or six months from now when she's doing a launch and she instantly knows what she needs to do. I think launch reviews are really underrated, the value of them. And I can give you another insight because my launch reviews were actually done like in a Google Sheet before. I actually recommend that you use a Google Doc for this because you want to write a lot of text. Even though if you have numbers, just use a Google Doc. That's easiest. I noted down in 2017, I was reviewing 12 days of webinars, which is coming up again this year. Exciting. I will definitely let you know more about it when it arrives. And I looked at 12 days of webinars and I did something that a lot of people also don't do. So one thing is to do the launch review, like I have listed here, but actually I want to suggest you go deeper. So 12 days of webinars is 12 webinars in 12 days over Christmas. And people could sign up and watch the webinars. There's an immediate offer on the thank you page to get immediate access. And I looked at the people who bought or who signed up for 12 days of webinars. And overall, 12 Tips of Webinars is a fun project. Uh, we use it to get leads for almost no cost because through this upsell, uh, we make our money back. And we were wondering, me and my team, if the whole thing was worth our effort. You know, we do this list building exercise 
And what we figured out that maybe not so many signed up for a webinar, let's say in January, let's say 25% signed up. Now, I thought to myself, these people just signed up for my list four weeks ago. Why are they not interested in my webinar? But when I looked at the people who had signed up for 12 days of webinars, maybe not joined that particular webinar, that launch webinar, but they had bought something else. So if I, when I reviewed this, I think end of January or so, and actually you should review this maybe again later to see what has changed. I had made $48,000 from the people who signed up for 12 days of webinars. They had joined a mastermind or they had bought some bar, or they had bought something else. So was the exercise worth it? Absolutely. So you have to look at the number behind the number and be willing to look at what emails are making the most sales. What is happening? What is the lifetime value of the people who sign up for something like, in my case, 12 days of webinars? Now, now my clients and my subscribers, they know about this. I do it every year. I love it. It's, it's giving the best masterclasses that I have created inside my paid community. And it's available for free over the Christmas period and always fresh content. And this shows that I'm giving my best content away for a short period. And then those who come totally fresh to my list, they see this amazing content. And then a few weeks later, to a totally different funnel, not really a part of 12 Tesla webinars, they purchase something. And you cannot know this, like an Infusionsoft or Graphly or some fancy tool will not give you this information. You actually have to dig in and look at the sales and look at where people signed up to get it. And you have to write it down and say, wow, this is a really good freebie that I did. Or this was a really good launch. Even though the person didn't buy this time, they bought next time. As I said, in our work light, was next time. So a launch review is so valuable. You can do the superficial launch review with just rough numbers, or you can really dive deep and look at every individual email, every individual sale and see where did it come from to learn more about your clients, to become better at launching and make sure that your next launch is super successful. I wish you best of luck in reviewing your launch. And maybe you have to listen to this podcast episode again to really create an overview of your launch and do a proper launch review. Talking about launching, make sure you get on the waitlist for Samba where you really learn how to launch. Go to signal.com forward slash 256 to join the waitlist. And there are you going to find in the show notes the list over the things that you need to review in your launch. Good luck on reviewing your launch. Thank you for listening to The Secret Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.